Okay, cool. so fantastic, Mr. Ted. So welcome to Winner Wednesdays. Uh, thank you for taking the time uh, to come in here today. So first of all, let's talk about you as a person before you go into property. So tell me more about uh, Ted Singh. Sure. So I went to university. I went to King's College London. I studied biochemistry. So it was all kind of quite academic and quite, you know, ready for a nine to five and a career. But I realized I couldn't work in science, you know, pipetting stuff every day and like staring at, you know, empty butts of mold and Petri dishes. It just wasn't me. Um, and to be honest, in the labs, I used to just steal chemicals and go home and just, just fucking create weird shit with chemicals. <laughs> so like I was, I was not ready to work in a serious lab. Um, cause I'd get in trouble. So I left, I had like 40 interviews and you know, I graduated mm-hmm. a good degree, a good grade in a good subject, but still 40 interview later, 40 interview later, I got a mm, paid internship. So we call it. And then another five interviews later, I got a job. So I mean, mm-hmm. graduate jobs back then were so difficult. I can't even imagine what it's like now. I just thought I've spent three years and all this money for what? Um, I started working in like medical education, which is where pharmaceutical companies market direct to doctors so they can tell less lies usually. Um, and I lost faith in that. I got fired. They just said, look, Ted, you are not performing the same as we expected. And I kind of said, yeah, you're right. Like this is it. Uh, I then started a recruitment company. So I don't know how much more ethical that is than pharma, but you know, there we go. And, um, I had that for... Hmm, three and a half, four years, and I'd call that golden handcuffs. I was making money, but I did not enjoy it. And I'm grateful for it mm. because, you know, any sales job, it prepares you for life. Like it makes you tough. Uh, so, you know, I was really grateful for that. I did that for a while. And I just thought, you know what? I need to invest in something that's going to, well, be an investment. You know, I put it all in the front end and then the back end for life in the case of property, uh, I get it back passively. So yeah, I had a sort of a mixed career, but you know, I hadn't been in, in the world for much time, you know? If you were to do it kind of, again, kind of going back, would you say, look, go to university, get the education, as they say, in that system. If I was to do it again, I, I say I wouldn't. I would kind of go out there and do something that you mentioned that you love and you enjoy and, and put your passion into that and hopefully get paid whilst training while doing it. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, university was, the only thing I can think of from university was that it was fun. And, and like, I didn't, pay, <laughs> I didn't pay nine grand to have fun, you know? So I think like, yeah, I learned, I learned one serious thing, which is just being analytical and always seeking evidence, like from the scientific background, where you always need evidence to prove something. But, you know, could I have got that in any other way? Yes. Could I have spent those three years starting a side hustle learning something going to boot sales and reselling stuff like yes if i could if i could go back and change it i would not go to university i would yeah. do some sort of education open university maybe some more languages whatever but i would certainly be getting some type of job but working on a side hustle as my mental main hustle absolutely i definitely agree with that so let's, let's fast forward now in terms of how you kind of got started into property. Where did the passion come from and kind of what journeys did you take to kind of get started? Yeah, good question. Where did the passion come from? So actually the passion came from and still is interior design. So, you know, I used to watch like Grand Designs, Amazing Spaces, you know, DIY, SL, all these kind of shows. Uh, and naturally kind of be on Instagram looking at all these like sexy marble worktops and all these kind of blue kitchens. And I don't know, I just loved 
I guess it kind of comes with the brand as well. I love being creative. And my main passion was, right, how can I design these beautiful interiors that are functional, that work, and that someone walks in and says, wow, wow. you know, mm. I, I want this and I'll pay more than I need to to get it, right? Um, that's what the passion started with. And to this day, despite the million and one challenges I've had and how much I hate refurbs at the best of times, I love designing things. Every house that I buy, it's like, oh, what kitchen, what bathroom, what color carpet, what color this? It's not, ah, 20 grand profit. It's, mm, which yeah. handles, you know, I've got 10 I can choose from. So that, that's the passion for me. So do, do you follow a, a cookie cutter approach in terms of, um, seeing one house and kind of replicating what you did in another one or is every single house brand new and get that passion in terms of that design? I would say, you know, thinking back, looking at my properties and looking at the ones I'm doing, I don't think a single one is similar, whether it's different kitchen handles, different doors, different door colors, different door handles, different tiles in the bathroom or bath panels or different funky vinyl or different carpet or I'm almost certain that every single one of my houses is different. Now, there might be a pattern or a trend that like I, I use. And, you know, to be honest, given I had, you know, at one point, like five refurbs at one point, I think being a cookie cutter was probably the better thing to do because I could have bought in bulk and saved a bit mm -hmm. of money. But I'm not in it to save money on stuff like that. Like this is the, this is for me the core passion of it. So yeah, yeah every house, uh, you know, is, is different actually. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So are you, are you a team of one or there's many people within, the, in, in, within your team? I would say technically, legally, structurally, I'm a team of one. Uh, although mm -hmm. I feel like there's 10 people in my head sometimes, um, <laughs> but you know, arguably my solicitor, my broker, my builder, I kind of, yeah, they're an extension of me, but yeah, it is me. I own the houses. I own the business. I also own all the liability and the risk and the challenges and yeah. the issues. So yeah, it's positive and negative, isn't it? So what did your friends and family say? You say we have to leave the science field and go into property. This is what you're going to do. Did you get a lot of negative naysayers saying, well, no, you can't do it, or there's a credit crunch, you can't do it in 2007, or now COVID happened, you can't do it then. What, what's, what's the support been like for you? So I would say my parents are super chilled. I think my mum, you know, when I got fired from my job after, you know, like 50 interviews and being there for like six months and changing job for a big pay rise and then getting fired from that one, her silence was telling, you know, Indian mom giving you silence is not what you want. Yeah. That's worse than yeah, the same Caribbean parents as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're just like, Oh no, what oh. is waiting for me? I'm starving tonight. So, um, but generally speaking, they were quite positive and quite supportive. I mean, I don't know how much they understand like of what I do. Um, like my grandmother will always ask me like, do you make money? Is this for money? But what do you do? Is it just for fun? I'm like, no, I'm not dealing with these dickhead builders for fun. Yeah, like, this is for something at least. So, you know what? I, it was all positive friends. You know, most of my friends, like, or at least who, who my main friends back then, they were studying still or they were employed, but yeah, they never really, I don't know. I think from quite early on in my life, I've been a person who is quite honest and upfront and people know 
don't bother me with bullshit or don't like come to me with that because I'm never going to be like, oh, oh, I really care about your opinion. You're going to get insulted if you come to me with that. And I think that's the vibe I still give off. So even now, I don't tend to get a lot of haters or naysayers because they know I will just swear at them. <laughs> yeah, I'll just give it. I'll just give it back to them and say, well, what have you achieved, please? Like telling me what I can do. So. I think I give off a certain vibe, which, which stops that basically. So it's, been e- it's been easier than most. Easier than most. Did, did you go through uh, a book of most property training? Uh, obviously, uh, you, you're, I think you're progressive, right? You so um, I did win a ticket to the Progressive Property Masterclass. It wasn't useful for me. Um, whilst it kick-started stuff, and you know, I obviously learned stuff. You don't not learn things. Um, it just wasn't for me and it wasn't like my kind of learning and I can't sit in a room on the skinny little chairs eating the white bread sandwiches with mayonnaise and cress with no spice and like just <laughs> I, I just can't I can't do that I need to learn in my own time on the in job. my own space yeah like I, I can't I, it's just not my kind of environment e-learning where you can pause it take notes come back eat my yeah. like, you know that is for me so Yes, I'm, I've had training in that sense, but most of my training is from the podcast, from having conversations like this and learning from people. Absolutely. Do you, do you have a mentor at all? Uh, no, I don't actually. I've never had one. I mean, I've got people who, I wouldn't say they act like mentors, but definitely people I can say, hey, I'm looking at a commercial conversion. You know, give me some source, tell me about it. Or, hey, I don't know what to do with this property, but no, no actual mentor. Sound. Yeah, it's always good to have a sounding block in terms of someone you can uh, reach mm. out to and, and voice uh, the concerns uh, that you have. So, so looking at your journey, I've seen that you're, so your kind of perfect strategy is your simple buy to lets, your single single lets. That's your preferred kind of way of doing things. Now, at Win, we kind of specialize at the moment in terms of mm-hmm. HMOs. What's your reasoning in terms of why you prefer that and, and why that's your chosen strategy? So I got into property for it to be as passive as possible and to allow me to launch other businesses and do other stuff and, and wake up on a Monday like I did today and just sort of, like my partner said to me, you've been awake for four hours. What have you been doing? I was like, you know what? I was just vibing. I was just meditating. I was, just, I was breathing, you know, I was just taking in the world. And hey, we're not in a stage where I can do that all the time right now, but you know, in a few weeks when everything's tenanted and let out, I can do that. I can retire. So in a year, well, I don't know, it's been Corona. So maybe it's a year and a half now of doing buy to lets. I have enough passive income that I, if I wanted to, I'm done. Um, I put in some months, 10 minutes across nine tenancies. Um, when it's more, it might be a little bit more. Coronavirus, I put in a little bit more time. But really, as long as the refurbishment is done right, and that's a big if, uh, there isn't really much management. You know, their families, the bulb goes, you know, they, I don't know, someone takes their cheese. I don't give a, that's their problem. Whereas in a HMO, and I'm sure you've seen this, you know, oh, that person's talking really loudly. Oh, they take, (laughs) they took my milk. Oh, they left their (laughs) shit on the floor. (laughs) And like, look, you know, the profit matches it, right? Like, because it's good. Yeah. Um, But I wanted it to be as passive as possible. Yeah, I fully understand that in terms of in terms of for me, is obviously I come from a project management background. I worked a big IT job for for a big American company. Um Boeing is a company that, that I work for. Um so dealing with that. So I didn't want to replace one job with another job. 
So there's always a case in terms of even though HMO is going to be the strategy, but always a case to build the business up to a certain point where I can bring someone on board to, to mm. manage that kind of day-to-day operation. Because yeah, as you, as you mentioned, managing tenants, multiple tenants, is a, a job in itself. I like yeah. I like the art of the deal, get, getting the deal done. That's that's my passion. Doing mm. the refurb like like yourself and, and managing 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 tenants is not my fun point. <laughs> oh yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, fantastic. So what, what's, what's, your, what's your reasons why in terms of what kind of drives you in terms of when things are low, you're feeling down, what's the, what kind of gets you up? And what's, what's your why? Uh, good question. I think, you know, I have goals. I have a vision board. I, I suppose I have whys, which is like the usual freedom, you know, just like I said, it'll get up, do what I want. You know, should we go to Italy in a week? Yeah, let's go to Italy in a week. Um, do I want to start a different business? Yeah, let's start a different business, you know. <laughs> Do I want to loan money to other property investors to save me doing all the hard work? And yes, let's do that. So it's the freedom of choice and the freedom of, oh, well, here's the mortgage, the bills, the car. I haven't done anything. They've got, they've been paid, you know, happy days. So for me, it's just the freedom. But you know what? I think day to day, because you kind of said when things get low, what drives me or kind of puts me back in the zone it's really simple. It's just, I like working hard and I like success. If you told me to sweep the floor in my head, it's in quadrants. And when I do 20%, I'm happy. When I do 40%, I'm, as long as I'm making progress, it can be as arbitrary as you like, but as long as I see progress towards success, I'm happy. So therefore it doesn't take much to motivate me because it doesn't, like I don't need to think about oh, the free, all that stuff. I honestly, maybe to my detriment, I barely think about, you know, the bigger picture. Why? But just this <laughs> hustle mentality or whatever you want to call it. That is right. what gets me by. Yeah. It's weird actually, but it's that small thing. Yeah, definitely. So speaking on to success, leading on to my next question, what would you say over your, your course of a journey so far in property have been your, your three big successes? It's only right to also speak, speak about your the three biggest failures, for example. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say successes. I'm not used to talking about successes. So this, this is actually <laughs> a, a tough question. I would say my biggest success, or one of three, the first one would be growing a portfolio to 1.3 million in nine months, which compared wow. to what I've seen and what people tell me is, and it's 150 miles away, is pretty freaking quick. So that's my first success. Uh, the second success is getting the podcast to over, I think now it's nearing 600,000 listens in a hundred different countries. So that's been done with this microphone here that cost me 10 quid. It's worth a bit more, but it cost me 10 quid. <laughs> this computer, uh, some free software and some yellow t-shirts, you know, it's the hard work, right? Like I said before, it's nothing special. And the last success, I guess it, it would kind of be maybe a combination of both of those, which is, both of those things have allowed me to educate and help and give back as such to the community and really show people the reality of investing for free, mm. for absolutely free with no adverts and there won't ever be any adverts. So for me, just being able to have people message me, Ted, you're the reason I got into property. You're the reason my refurb didn't fail because I spotted the issue that you had and, you know, oh, that made me laugh when you, you know, you had a fake, you know, rewire or whatever. And like, that those are my biggest successes the 
biggest mistakes or failures are one not firing builders quick enough i've done it on, on two occasions now now i just i just drop people in a second but before mm-hmm. i let it go on for too long um i guess within that was also not checking in enough and not and letting trust over sort of overpower uh my own rationality um and you know, having things like fake radiators plumbed in or a fake rewire, which is gonna cost me another two grand with a forged electrical certificate. And you know, and actually I'm taking that builder to court today. I'm filing two um <laughs> claims today, but like that stuff is a big, big failure. Uh secondly, it kind of goes against my first success. It's growing too quickly. Now, if I slowed down my growth, I'd be in a much better position now than I am. I would I would have actually grown quicker if I grew slower because I've had delays. I've had issues that have come from, you know, growing too quickly. Uh, and the last mistake I've made, I make so many, it's hard to like <laughs> rationalize it into a few of them, but the biggest thing I think I've done before, which didn't end up being too bad is like, so my advice is never stop fundraising. I kind of said, Oh, I've got money in the bank. It's fine. I found two deals, ain't no money in the bank, but I need to pay for the risk. So always, always be fundraising. I've kind of stopped and started and stopped and it, it's just disruptive. Yeah, you always, you always keep that uh, pipeline flowing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But so in terms of your, your current portfolio, you said it's 1.3 million uh, over, over nine months. So how many properties is that, is that over, over, over nine, you said? So that is 15 properties. I've just sold one a few weeks ago. So I think the portfolio, mm, it's about 1.3 actually, because some of my other ones have been valued higher than I thought. So yeah, now it's 14 properties. I'm selling the 14th one and I may be selling the 13th one as well. Uh, I listened to your last uh, property podcast, uh, the one you bought for 28,000 pounds. It sounds like a pretty, pretty good deal on that. I believe you got a, a down valuation, you said, but you, you, you overcame that, which is, which, is, which is pretty good. Yeah. How, so, how did you kind of, kind of go through that? So I think it's, you know, it's a simple principle, which I think we kind of neglect sometimes, which is you make your profit when you purchase. If you're getting Absolutely. it so BMV, or if you're getting it with a planning up, uplift possibility, you're getting it with a title split with that. If, you, if you're buying something at the start, which gives you multiple exits, and it's so cheap, you're winning. Sometimes you can just sell it on as is, and I probably could have, um, but because I bought it so cheap and the refurb, we did some cost engineering and I you know, did some smart stuff with it, and I managed trades individually, which I wouldn't recommend, it, even though it's downvalued, it still works. I think it leaves in like five grand or something. So, hey, if it got value to what I think it's worth, we are laughing all the way to the bank, but, now I'm just giggling in the corner, right? Like it's still good, you know. Yeah. It's not amazing, but it's still good. I guess you can always assess it in a couple of years' time, do your remortgage, and then obviously then that value is going to come in. And obviously, with the standard of work that you're putting in, it's going to last mm. test of the time, really. I hope um, so. Yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking of the big 2020 COVID, mm. how oh. COVID uh, affected uh, your property business? Lockdown one, and like where we are today in terms of kind of its current new second kind of lockdown as they're calling it and um, how, how covid impacted your business what is covid no one even talks about it i don't even know what <laughs> you know. Um, i thought we were talking about brexit um i you know what it it's delayed 
pretty much most of my investor repayments. Um, actually, not most. It's delayed about a half of my investor repayments because, um, and where I invest in Wales, they had an even stricter lockdown just recently. And yeah. previously, they were like, everything was shut. So it delayed some payback because I couldn't refinance things. We couldn't get plaster for like two months. You know, we couldn't get materials. We couldn't get builders. Basically, like it, some like a month or two was just a write-off. Um, I couldn't go there to manage things effectively. So it basically slowed down all my sales and all my refinances, which means I had to pay some people back late. But it was communicated early. Uh, they understood that. They were happy with it. They made more interest. They, they didn't really care. Um, and they understood it, right? And that's the main thing. Mm -hmm. I said, look, you can see my social media. You can see I'm doing everything I can every waking minute to get this back to you. And they understood that. They were like, yeah, dude, like, it's fine, man. Like, it's cool. Um, rent, it's all been paid. I have this one tenant who is an absolute brat. And that's me being polite. <laughs> I, I want her out. Like, she is horrible. Um, absolute whiny child. She's paid late on the second month um, and she's now changing the rent date apparently. Basically, I'm going to be sending her. I will put a CCJ on her. She does not pay again. Basically, it's done. I've decided. I want her out. Um, mm -hmm. That's nothing to do with COVID. Well, I mean, she claims it isn't, but, you know, who knows? Other than that, uh, the rent has come in. It might have been a day late. You know, we might have had chats with tenants and kind of said, look, how are things going? Are you okay? But really, the refurbs have slowed down. I've paid more bridging interest. It's cost me, I don't know, £10,000 plus in like more interest, um, you know, sales slowing down, things like that. So not cost me, sorry. It's cost me mm -hmm. in terms of like it's come out of potential profit. That makes sense. Profit you could have got, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so in terms of South Wales, South Wales, so South Wales is your area of choice. What, what's, what drew you to South Wales? Are you, do you have locally to South Wales? Where, where do you probably live? No, so I used to live in, near Heathrow Airport in West London. So I, it I was, know why, yeah. yeah, so it was like half an hour. Well, not half an hour. So it was like two hours to Wales, one and a half hours. Um, you know what? People always ask me this, and it's the same reason that people invest in Yorkshire and Liverpool and all this. High, right. strong sales market, strong rental market, decent-ish capital appreciation, not as good as the North. Uh, but the biggest thing is low entry, you know, capital needed because houses are so cheap, but also there's such a strong possibility of pulling out all of your money because of the way, you know, the, the, um, houses are and the prices. It's a great place to pull all your money back out. So that's why I chose it at the start. I think I heard you saying this, if you were to do it again is you wouldn't go down the strategy of buying properties under hundred K. Uh, was that something that you, I think I heard, I think I heard you say that. Yeah. I, uh, if I can find ones above hundred K that will definitely work on the BRR, like I would have, the issue I find is that this down valuation we spoke about 70 K that's below that lender's minimum value size, which is 75. Mm. So I now have to go to a different lender and try get the valuation ported across, but I spent, you know, 300 quid on fees already. I spent another 300 quid on fees. Whereas when you're above 100K, there's so many more lenders that work above 100K. When you're below it, a small percentage downval is huge in terms of yeah. ROI. Above it is less so. And so 
you know, I've just had difficulty with properties being downvalued, lenders not liking me because I got a limited choice. So, uh, yeah, I would buy above 100k if I started again. But yeah, I was speaking to the guys that do guard property. They they mm. they invest in South Wales as well, and it's def- definitely near and something that uh, definitely I live in Slough, so it's even a little yeah. bit closer to yeah to, to Wales. So definitely, definitely would look into that. Um, I remember listening to one of your um, talks at uh, PPN Knightsbridge in terms about branding. Mm. Um, and obviously, one of the things you said, every, everyone in property has that kind of house kind of symbol on there, which is what we do as well. Um, but how, how important has branding been for you in terms of marketing you, in terms of working with, with getting investors on board? How, how important has branding been for you? You know, it, it, it is the thing. Like any investor who has loaned me money it's come through Ted's talks. Some deals that I've even found, like off-market direct, kind of direct vendor, come through Ted's talks. You know, raising almost 600 grand, there's only one reason, there's many, but there's only one main thing that everyone has seen and knows and recognizes and has built trust in me, and it's this. I mean, I'm selling yeah. a house now on Instagram, well, not Instagram, but via Instagram, I found the guy. And I said to him, look, you haven't seen the place. Are you happy to proceed? He said, look, you know, you show me the pictures. I've seen the video walkthrough. Your, your reputation, your brand is enough insurance for me that this is going to be what you say it is. Now that, I mean, for someone, an investor to buy a house, <clears throat> you know, when they haven't even seen it because of this, that's yeah. powerful. So, you know, people don't want to make the effort to build a brand, but I say, well, if you want to put almost none of your own money into property, this is the easiest, in my opinion, way to do it. As long as you're not, you know, as long as you're, uh, you are what you say you are. Hmm. It, it should be relatable. Uh, I definitely believe hmm. build, 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 building a brand and with my mindset in terms of where we want to kind of take our company is always having the mindset of using other people's money and make it a win-win solution. So they want to invest in property. They don't want to do all the time or all the effort. That's where we come in and kind of give that. And obviously kind of doing stuff like this, kind of engaging with people and just kind of sharing and talking about what we're doing is going to be uh, fantastic. Mm, 100%. Fantastic. So you've got your book coming out. I think it's coming out on Monday, right? It is. You know what? It's coming out no, Monday. No, it's coming out next Sunday, I believe. I've got the proof copy. I've got the... I've got... I need, I've got, there's a few bits like, you know, the little things with books like the margins aren't right. And then you, you set one margin off and then the whole book needs, ref- oh, you know what? It's the, the formatting and the design yeah. is harder than writing it. I'm telling you, honestly. <laughs> so what, what do I need to do to get my signed copy? I need to get that signed. <laughs> well, you know what? The signed copy is going for a special price of 1997 only today. So, um, if one, you, one, nine, seven. You, you can pay with Amex. If you, I will accept Amex. Um, <laughs> but I will be having some, um, some people have asked to sign copy. I need to figure out how to do it with Amazon and like yeah. stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to launch it. It's, it's pretty cool to see yeah. it in the, in the flesh. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, to, to reading it. It's going to be a fantastic book. So tell us about the journey in terms of, was always a, a passion for you in terms of writing a book or was it a podcast? What was it? What, I think that I've always loved writing. And so, you know, it it makes sense that I would write a book. And I think there's a gap in the market where kind of beginners, mid-level beginners don't have, in my opinion, an all-in-one book that isn't an upsell to a course or actually Mm. gives them. I've got stuff in here like, you know, I've got literally a role play 
with me and an estate agent and I'm saying how you're speaking to them that I'm analyzing the psychology of why I said what I said. So for me, I just want to give people the source like, and you know, for 15 quid or whatever I'm going to charge. I mean, I think it's all right. Yeah. Are you kind of going down the course route? I'm so tired of seeing Instagram these days of course off the course property course, trainer, this guru, this guru, that, um, so many people think they can do it now, but obviously they don't, they show the highlight, they show the highlight reel, but not mm. the, all the work that's needed to kind of get into property. Is that something that's on your vision in terms of kind of building it to a stage where you can give more value to, to multiple people or you just want to keep it at the podcast and the, and the book? So I have done, I do some mentoring, I do train people, but it's very sort of like, I don't advertise, like, you, you know, you wouldn't know, right? Because you asked me that question. So I don't talk about it publicly. I only, someone messaged me, I say, look, here's what I can offer. What do you reckon? Um, I am doing an e-learning platform at the moment, which I'm filming videos for, which is just destroying my voice and my soul, like trying to get, because <laughs> obviously I gave myself eight days to film, you know, 30 hours of video content, edit it and upload it. So obviously I'm clearly quite sane. Um, <laughs> and I'm doing an e-learning piece. It's going to be like modular. So, you know, say if yeah. someone wants to know about raising finance, but they don't care about sourcing because they can do that or vice versa, or they want to know about refinancing and rent, but not, you know, um, raising finance, then they can pick and choose a module at what I think Love is it. going to be quite a fair price. So it is happening and it will be released soon. Um, so let's see how it's, um, how it's picked up, how it's engaged. Oh, oh, fantastic. So where do you see the, the market kind of going? We're coming to the back end of 2020. Where do you see the kind of the market going in 2021? <sighs> no idea. Um, government's pumping so much stimulus in we're just kicking this can down the road we're pumping things up we're inflating it you know cash is being eroded even more because of inflation and the negative interest rates and so people are trying to put it into assets and other it's just it's a complex market i don't try to understand i listen to people who do understand it um i mean i think we're due some sort of correction or drop or something when how where I'm just going to watch it happen. You know what I mean? Eat my popcorn and watch it. I haven't got a clue. So I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Okay. So what, what's next? What's on the horizon for you in 2021 in terms of where you kind of taking the business? What's, uh, what's coming up? So I am sick and tired of polishing turds. These buy to lets that I buy, they are fantastic when they're done and they bring in amazing, you know, passive income, but I can't invest from far. It's too difficult for me people piss me off. I hate all the builders I've worked with apart from like a, a small few. Um, I'm just bitter. You know, I can't, I can't do it anymore. So uh, I now live in Hertfordshire, which is similar to like Slough and Westwood where I kind of used to live in terms of prices and people and things like that. So I'm going to be doing some new builds, some title splits, uh, some f- high-end flips, bungalows, planning uplift, things like that. Because the amount of time I put into my buy to lets to get 350 quid a month i genuinely could do less and earn 350,000 pounds at once around here and we both know that's possible where we live right so um i'm switching it totally um, i'm i'm doing that stuff now really and i'm looking at it at the moment yeah i listened to your podcast this morning actually with laura muse in terms of mm. her kind of strategy in terms of kind of the new build strategy and kind of get getting those done and said if you can put the same amount of effort and get more money then, then why not and then you invest on the front end and doing a fantastic job that builds your last test of time, less maintenance, less work and, and good returns. 100%. Exactly. Win a winner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. Uh, I said, appreciate you taking the time out this morning, uh, coming on here and sharing your journey and sharing your passion. Uh, I said, I'm going to be following your journey uh, continually, uh, as I have been doing over the last uh, number of months now. Uh, so I wish you all the best for uh, 2021. Thank Hope you, you stay safe through COVID and, and all that, and the family is all well. And yeah, so look forward to the book. As I said, uh, I'll reach out to you and see how we can kind of get that signed copy. <laughs> Love it. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Ted, appreciate it. Have a good day.